Bruce Lawn. Biggest problem in the church today. Biggest problem. I think the biggest problem in the world today. We are going to jump right into it. And I'll open with something that I've seen debated going back and forth and something that I had to work through in my own life. So let me get my little slide here situated. And I think you guys will really appreciate what we're going to be talking about in light of the political climate and light of the uh, scandals that have been coming out. I think we have a problem in America today with thinking the way we think through information. Okay. And the way we think through tough, complicated information and whether that's cancel culture, whether that's politics, what, what have you there, there's a pattern that I see repeated over and over and Christians keep falling for it. And unfortunately, a lot of times the followers of Jesus, the people of Jesus make it worse. And it's this issue that I'm going to reveal to you right away. And then I'm going to give you guys the solution, which actually is all throughout scripture. And I'm thinking about doing a whole series on it if you guys enjoy it. And I'm going to need you to watch till the end and, and, and let me know if you want me to do a series on this and how we could hop into it. But I'll give you guys, I'll, I'll give you guys the, the shorthand, the issue. And I don't know how else way to put it, but the issue is in binary thinking. Binary thinking quite simply meaning black and white viewing the world and viewing everything in the world as black and white, viewing everything as right or wrong, and viewing everything as the good guys versus the bad guys, okay? Binary meaning there's only two. There's only two. Now, what does this have to do with the church? I know you're thinking, Ruslan, okay, you told us what it has to do with the church, but it doesn't really make sense. Binary thinking, if you're approaching theology, if you're approaching God, if you're approaching just ancient historic Christianity, you're going to run into this right out the gate. Foundational doctrine, and this is what I'm talking about. If you're looking for something that doesn't seem right, out the gate, the claims of Christianity, the claims of Jesus is going to trip you up and it tripped me up. And it's this idea that that's actually been debated. I've debated on the channel. I've debated it publicly. We may continue debating it, but it's this, this idea, who is God? From the, from the jump, if you are thinking about this in a binary way, it's going to screw you up because I'll give you guys something that is very clear in scripture. Genesis 126, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Then literally in verse 27, the next verse, so God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created them male and female. So God said, let us make man in our image. What is Christianity positioned on? It's positioned on this notion that Jesus is God and there's a Trinity. I'll go to John 1, 1. This is from the beginning. In the beginning was the word, the word Uh, was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything that was made. And then we jump down a couple verses and we see what? We see, and the word became flesh and blood and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory as of the only son from the father full of grace and truth. Out the gate, Christianity starts with something that on the surface doesn't make sense because in the Old Testament, all over the Old Testament and in the New Testament, there's this idea that there's only one God, right? There's only one God. Even Paul in 1 Corinthians says, yet for there is one God, the Father from whom all things are 
uh, are all things and from whom we exist in one Lord Jesus Christ through whom all things and through him. So there's this idea that there's one God, yet there's, there's Jesus and is Jesus God because, well, if Jesus is God and then and then the Father is God and then Jesus is saying, I am equal with God. Well, Ruslan, this is a contradiction. Christianity is a contradiction out the gate. And you're literally starting this conversation with this, this binary position, right? And again, this has been discussed recently on my channel. And this is something I worked out very early on. And this is the way I viewed a lot of the world. And it's made it very easy for me. And this is this is what I'm this is what I mean. When I first came to the faith, when I first came to the faith, I was dating a Jehovah's Witness girl. Well, the Jehovah's Witness girl did not, did not believe that Jesus was God. The Jehovah's Witnesses actually changed some parts of the Bible. They got their own translation of the Bible where it says, in the beginning was the word and the word was a God. And that was something I had to sort out. And then I looked at all the other passages and there's tons. I'll pull them up for you. And there's, there's, they're all over. Here's another one. Romans 9, 5. To them belong the patriarchs and from their race, according to the flesh, is the Christ who is God over all, blessed and forever. Amen. If we go to Titus 3, for we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to the various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of our God, of, of God, our Savior appeared, he saved us not because of works done by righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus being God was something I had to sort through, but apparently this conversation is back on the table. Apparently we're, we're rehashing this all over again, which is kind of, this is kind of interesting because this is something I sorted out and it goes back to what? It goes back to binary thinking. If God the Father is the only God, then Jesus being God, and, and then there's this Holy Spirit, this dove thing that ascends on, ascends on Jesus, and Jesus goes, this, this doesn't make sense if you're thinking of it on a binary level. Your brain, your lizard brain, your flesh brain can't process this on a surface level, and so you say Christianity doesn't make sense. It's a contradiction. And someone will trip you up with this and they'll say, well, no, Jesus is the son of God. Because on the surface, you can't accept both passages. But I'm going to present to you something that not enough of us talk about. And it is this idea of a paradox. A paradox is a seemingly seemingly absurd or self-contradictory statement or proposition that when investigated or explained may prove to be well-founded or true. A seemingly absurd or self-contradictory statement or proposition that when, that when investigated or explained may prove to be well-founded or true. There's another definition for it. A statement or proposition that despite sound or apparently sound reasoning from acceptable premises leads to a conclusion that seems senseless, locally unacceptable, or self-contradictory. If you read scripture, it's all throughout scripture, Okay. If you read scripture, it is all throughout scripture. Paradoxes, okay? And, by the way, if you're okay with this idea, all of a sudden, the light bulb goes off, and you start seeing things, and in our context, we would say nuanced. You would say nuanced, right? You would see things as more nuanced, and everything doesn't become black and white. Everything isn't logical or linear. You start saying, no, 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 no. When, when, when there is one God 
But Jesus is God and the Father is God, and they're three distinct beings, but they're all one essence. That's a paradox, right? And these are all throughout the scriptures. These are all throughout the scriptures. And if you and if you don't get it, then you don't you don't get it. I'll give you guys another example. Check this, check this passage out. Let's this is the identity of God is that for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Okay, some of you guys really need to hear this. This is Isaiah 55, verse 8 9. Some of you guys really need to hear this. Some of you guys really, 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 really need to sit with that passage and meditate on that passage because instead of, instead of acknowledging that God is a superior being and his thoughts are not like our thoughts and his ways are not like our ways, instead of acknowledging that so many of us try to conform God into our logic, some of us try to conform Jesus or the ways of God into our reasonable thinking and we end up missing out on the intimacy we could share with God because we're trying to consistently conform him into what we can process, what we could comprehend. But friends, we don't have to be afraid of paradoxes. There's no need to be afraid of paradoxes. If we're thinking about the identity of God, ultimately, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God. Wait, 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 wait. Again, that doesn't make sense on the surface, right? Is that a contradiction, right? And he died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all names. This is Philippians 2, verses 5 through 9. Okay, you must have the same identity as Christ. You must have the same identity and, and, the, and the same attitude, rather, as Christ Jesus, though he was God, did not think equality with God something to be asked. This is, the, this is the epitome of humility. This is the epitome of humility. Fear of the Lord teaches us wisdom. Humility precedes honor. Fear of the Lord teaches us wisdom. Humility precedes honor. If you are attempting to grow in your relationship with God. It has to start with a reverence and a fear. It has to start with an understanding that, listen, your ways are not God's ways. Your thoughts are not God's thoughts. And you trying to conform God into your image in a way that you think makes sense, sit with that for a minute, right? And be okay with the tension. The identity of God is beyond our comprehension. And if we look throughout the scriptures, there are a lot of paradoxes in the Christian faith. The the following of Jesus starts with this paradox of the God-man coming to earth as a baby, right? And then living a, a, a perfect life while being God and remaining human. Paradox. Like paradox after paradox after paradox after paradox. But we, again, in our lizard brain, operate with binary black and white. Democrat versus Republican. Good versus bad. Good guys, bad guys. Right. And, and what, what, that, what, we do, what we're doing is we're otherizing. We're always constantly otherizing, always constantly looking for the difference, always thinking of an in-group of who we feel safe with and an out-group and who we are viewing as the bad guys. 
If you can't sort this out earlier in your walk, what will happen is you will fall into tribalism, friends. You will go deeper and deeper and deeper into a closed-minded mentality where you have an answer for everything, and that's called fundamentalism. Right, And some of you guys are very well familiar with fundamentalism, where you start drawing in lines where there aren't any. Other extreme is you jump all the way to the other extreme, and you'd start dabbling in what we would call as modernism, or some people would call uh, progressive Christianity, a certain sex of, uh, sex of progressive Christianity, where essentially then we contort and we twist and we change the scriptures to fit our version and what our values are, what our identity is and what our ideology is. We're going to start conforming God into that, right? If you can't understand that there are these biblical paradoxes that impact how we see Jesus, how we see the world, how we see everything, you will be stuck. However, If you're looking at the world through the lens of, hey, there are some paradoxes. There are some paradoxes. There are some things that will not make sense on the surface. If you dive in and you really think through these things critically, you will discover that there are paradoxes all throughout the scriptures. And guess what? There's paradoxes in our society. There's paradoxes with people. And that'll make the world seem way less dungeons and dragons and demons and angels And way more like, gosh darn it, we're all a freaking mess. And we're all sinners. And there is no us versus them. There is just us, broken people, in need of a holy savior. And that is what Jesus does. Jesus is the only one to truly and adequately deal with the issue of sin. Jesus is the only one to reconcile us onto God. Jesus is the only one who's... Because he is God, his blood is pure and is sufficient to deal with our sin, right? And again, I'm going to take it back to Titus, and we'll close with this. And I know this isn't like super cool and polarizing, but I think it's important. If we go back to Titus, for we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing on our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, our Savior is God. Again, Jesus is God, right? He saved us, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, our Savior appeared. He saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness. So there is no us versus them. There's just us right? But according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration, that, that, that word regeneration means being born again, being regenerated and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our savior. So that being justified by his grace, we may become heirs, heirs according to the hope of eternal life. The saying is trustworthy, and I want you to insist on these things so that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to do good works. You're not saved by works. You're saved to works. These things are excellent and profitable for people, but avoid foolishness, conspiracies, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels about the law, for they are unprofitable and worthless. Are you okay with paradoxes? Are you okay with things that don't add up on the surface, but as you dig away, they start to make sense and they start to click? Right? Are you okay with not having all the answers and just saying, I don't know sometimes? Are you okay with not having it all figured out, not having an answer? Are you okay with the tension that life is going to present to you? And my second question is, 
what other paradoxes or what other seemingly contradictions would you like me to cover? Because I think I want to do a whole series on this. Philippians 2.5. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God, something to cling to. Boom. Paradox. Instead, he gave up his divine privilege. He took on humble positions of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. Paradox. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. It doesn't make sense. Therefore, therefore, God elevated him to the highest place of honor and gave him the name above all other names that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let me know what you guys think. Let me know what other paradoxes you'd like me to talk about. Appreciate you guys. Peace. Kingstream Entertainment. Bruce Lawn. King came down and bore it all. Yeah. Conversations front of the fireplace. All of my mistakes out of wire race. Wanna operate at a higher pace. Birth pains causing the body to dilate on a first name basis with the worst pain facing moments in isolation.